Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet, kind, and gentle GM, woo-woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. What's up, nerds? Not much. Alex Finn. I'm building a shovel. <laughs> and Samson Davis. So it's been cold here, so it's been dry, and I've been caught in an idiot cycle where I put lotion on my hands, but then I'm also drinking water, and then I go to the bathroom and pee and wash my hands and then wonder why my hands are all of a sudden dry again. You must be one of like the 5% of men who actually wash their hands. That's a lie. I can't be 5%. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than 5%. I don't know. At work, I got a specific request to put oh. wash your hand signs in the bathroom. <laughs> in the men's bathroom. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. People wash your hands. Anonymous safety request. All genders. All walks of life. Wash your hands. It's okay. Yeah. You can spend the 30 seconds washing your hands. Unless you're making pee hands meatloaf. <laughs> I put them in both bathrooms, though, because I know better. <laughs> yeah. Women are gross. Yeah. The women need to wash their hands, too. You know what's not gross, though? Die hard dice. <laughs> Die hard dice. You know what you don't have to wash your hands to use? Wash your hands anyway. Just <laughs> <laughs> Depending on if you're putting them in, yeah. in your mouth or not. Maybe you should wash your hands. My mouth wouldn't be the biggest problem. Well, you should wash your hands before you put them in your mouth, you know? So you're not getting hand and foot mouth disease. Hand, foot, mouth, yeah. Die Hard Dice, online purveyor of polyhedral shapes for your TTRPG needs. They come in wonderful designs, metallic, acrylic. It's all great. It's all clean. Just So just go on, find whatever fun design you want to get for yourself or a friend or a family member. And when you've got your various sets that you need at checkout, type in our code Explorers Wanted. You get 10% off your order. High quality products for a little bit cheaper and you're helping to support the show. So go please do that. And please, for the love of God, wash your hands. Thank you. Who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on Samson. So last time, Ezri and Magpie were both having the time of their life. Elsen and Ferdinand got out. Ferdinand found Elsen, said, hey, we need to, this is bad. This is a bad look. So Elsen and Ferdinand just left. They just left and there wasn't an issue. You'd think I that shouldn't be brought up, but we'll see. Meanwhile, Ezri is flying around with a bookie lands with him, takes him out, gets quite a lot of shins off of him, and then flies off. She's flying off to the Enclave to hopefully calm down Tibu, who hopefully won't be that upset because now Ezri has the money. So it'll be good. Hopefully. Yes. Some of the money. Uh, meanwhile, Magpie is dead set on this toe plan. <laughs> she goes to Fellow's box with this toe that she got from somewhere. I don't fully remember where. An innocent bystander. One of the ushers. Innocent bystander. Well, probably not standing anymore. Well, as innocent as you can be when you work for the dog show. They were really excited about the dog show, too. Yeah, so excited that it turned out that it was painted with a little dog on there. Bellows immediately picked up on that. And it was like, yeah. Ezri fucking Stonebreaker doesn't paint her fucking nails like that. Are you kidding me? <sighs> I'm going to paint Ezri's toes just to prove it wrong. Well, good luck with that. <laughs> her toes could use some work. Yeah. She could use a pedigree after this. Ferdinand offered to do cuticle work. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Magpie's, quote, plan doesn't really work. So in response, she jumps out the senator box while some guards try to follow her. Meanwhile, as she's coming back up out of her dive, a passerby kind of pulls off her mask so the guards see that it is Magpie, the same person who was at the fellow's estate earlier this week. I'm remembering my timeline correctly. Pretty close. Yeah. So that's not great. So Magpie's running. She has options, trying to figure out what to do. Jumps into the arena. Awesome. Yeah. 
She jumps into the arena, has to fight off some civilians, some guards fighting her, or trying to follow her, and uh, Odalai's friend, Lord Humongous, who is having the time of his fucking life in this arena. <laughs> Odalai's friend tries to uh, take out Magpie. Magpie escapes the arena and is, I think, just... Is she still in the dog show, or is she, like, running out finally? She can run out finally. I think she said she was running out. All right. Everybody's out of the dog show now. Magpie finally escapes. We're done with the dog show. Yes. Probably. We'll see. In my defense, we all benefited greatly from my shenanigans. How? Defend yourself. How? <laughs> I got two XP out of that bitch. Indeed. You're evident. Oh, yeah. I'm tier two now. So you know what, <laughs> Alex? You're right. Yeah. My shenanigans were amazing. We profited greatly. Yes. Financially, no. But experience-wise, yes. You got an experience point out of that. You are complicit in this shenanigans. I... I don't feel like I should be complicit in this, but... Uh, you were complicit. You accepted the XP. I did, but I'm still tier one, so I think I think it's indefensible. So, there. <laughs> mm. I was complicit. Yes. Yeah. The magpie is escaping. Ezri is escaping. Well, flying to the Enclave. Ilsen went to work? Well, Ilsen just watched a massacre and is actually acknowledging that there was a massacre going on. <laughs> so she's kind of on autopilot walking away with Fernand because... At that moment, they're not in danger. They talk a little bit, and then Ferdinand mentions Magpie has uh, awakened something murder horny. And then at about that same moment, Ilsen sees a decapitated guard in an alleyway, and that's kind of where we left it. There's a, just a dead dead cop right there. Yay! With their head and part of their spine missing. Maybe they got murder horny murdered. They got fatality, yeah. Mm, finished him. You've just noticed this, Ferdinand has said from just over your shoulder. Oh, oh dear. Uh, um, what, okay, how does this thing act? If I assume this is the same thing that uh, you and the magpie awakened? It could be. I have no idea if they have a proclivity to spines. Okay, I guess we just move very carefully in case it's still near. Looking at it, does this look like a fresh kill? Or, uh, well, a recent within the last, like, 10 minutes kill. Lick the blood and find out. I'm not one of your characters. <laughs> Just put it in your mouth. It's fine. I guess it's hard to say because you're not approaching it per se. Ilsen will get close enough to kind of like push it with uh, her foot just to see if like rigor mortis is set in. Rigor mortis is like half hour-ish. Is that right? There is some uh, rigor going on. Okay. <laughs> They're hard as a rock. Yeah. <laughs> is it first rigor or final rigor? That he doesn't know. <gasps> check for the pooling of the blood. Do you want to undress the headless corpse and check for pooling of blood? I mean, yeah. Can I just look at their hands? Do they look darkened with blood? Little, maybe. Did they get a manicure? No. Damn. You gotta treat yourself these days. There's literally no sign of the head anywhere. Not even a mask or helmet or anything along those lines. It's just this body in a cop uniform. Is there a trail of blood leading away? Notably not. Alright, we need to get out of here. I don't, this looks not so recent, but we need to still leave quickly. Okay. Well, I get the feeling we're not headed in the same direction. So, I suppose I will see you later, Ilsen. I suppose, yeah. Good luck with, uh, whatever this awakened bullshit is. Oh, I imagine we'll get back to that soon enough. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And Ferdinand starts walking away down the street. Ilsen is going to, I guess, as quickly as she can get to the uh, 
The lifts. Just go into the lifts. Okay, cool. Are you heading still to the caller? Is that the plan? I think so, but on the way, she's keeping an eye out for whatever the, whoever this boogeyman is. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you're keeping a lookout for this boogeyman. I don't think you see anything that resembles what they describe this boogeyman being like. Any more dead bodies? No. Any screams of panic in the distance? Nope. Any murder juice? I think it's just blood. <laughs> All right, then. Still feeling very anxious. Put it lightly. She's going to get to the lifts and then head down to the collar. Okay. You get in the lift, and oddly enough, like, there's not many people in this lift at this time of day, which is weird. You're all the dog show. Yeah. Okay. I guess. <laughs> As you're riding down the elevator, the door opens at the third tier, and standing there next to each other are two ghouls who you've met before. And the large one looks at you and says, Hey, Elson, how are you? Uh, not great. <laughs> you don't look great. Uh, no, the dog show is not going how I expected. Oh, yeah, big surprise, right? Did you like it? Not particularly. I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, there's also, seems to be a killer on the surface city. So a guard with no head. Really? And Elson will tell them the street with the alley that she found the guard in. This more slender and shorter ghoul exchanges glances with the, their bigger colleague and looks back at you and says, you didn't have anything to do with that body, did you, Ilson? No, no. We know she didn't have anything to do with the body. Just saying. She uh, we lost track of you for a while, Ilson. Where have you been? And the way she says that is actually like, it's a little bit accusatory at the other ghoul. Oh. I mean, up until today, I've been sick in my apartment. Sick in your apartment. Mm-hmm. Okay. You went to a lot of work to build up this alibi. Yes, I did. So I'm going to give you two assets on this. Yes. So ghouls, when it comes to like this and like detecting falsehoods, things like that, they, they normally operate at an 18. So you have two external assets and then you're specialized in lies of trickery. Correct. So now it's a six. <laughs> I'm going to put a level of effort into this just to, uh, so that's a three, eight. Okay. Nice. The uh, slender ghoul looks you up and down briefly and turns to the big ghoul and sort of shrugs her shoulders like your call. Well, next time, pop your head out every once in a while, because otherwise, we're going to get suspicious. We're going to follow you more often. We're going to pick you up. We're going to shake you around. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Or we can just come up and, you know, knock on the door. I, no, that's, I, I'll be more conspicuous good. Although I was worried when I didn't see you go to the eclair shop. It, like I said, I was sick. I'd hate to have anything happen to you that's not, you know, us. Oh, that's very, uh, that's very kind of you to care for me like that. May I leave now? No. <laughs> Ilson pees just a tiny bit. Small amount. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guard just waits long enough to make a point. <laughs> uh, the point has been made. Ilsen is Shifting uncomfortably on her feet. Now you can go. Thank you. And I guess Ilsen tries to go around them, but I don't imagine that they move. No, the big guard does. A little bit into Ilsen's way. Uh, excuse me? Sorry? Ilsen, as you are walking away, you can just barely hear from behind you the shorter guard lean over to the big guard and say, I still say we should have taken a finger and make a point. Goddamn. Fuck. Esri. <laughs> you are approaching the Enclave. All right. What's this Tibu like? Well, 
I mean, Tibu is sort of your creation that I've just kind of built on top of. So what do you think Tibu likes? Oh, ooh, what would Tibu like? Tibu likes to feel appreciated. Mm-hmm. Um, I say she doesn't like wasting money. Esri is going to get Tibu a new, something useful but nice, cloak? Yeah. All right. She likes cloaks. <laughs> okay. Do you want to get her just a normal cloak or do you want to get her like a super comfy cloak? Um, that works well in also the wind and on windy days when it's coming through the Warrens, but also is not likely to overheat you either. What is the price differential on that? It's probably the difference between two shins and six shins. Oh, she'll spend the six shins to get the nice one. Yeah. The person who's selling it to you makes a note that says he who acquired this from a genuine right made of a combination of ninth world and prior world fibers. And the cloak is something where it is very clearly like it's light. So it will reflect the sunlight in the summer. It's a very light fabric. It's not something that creates a lot of bulk to overheat you, but it is such that it would break the wind quite well. Nice. Look at that. Which is good because Really, there's not much in the way of, like, winters here. I mean, there's sort of, like, the temperate rainy seasons sort of becoming all the time rainy seasons and summer here. here. Can we say it has some nice embroidered touches? Yeah. What kind of embroidered touches are you looking for? I don't know. Just something cool around the hem. Maybe, like, a geometric design. You know, something a little extra that says it's a little higher quality. Yeah, yeah. Like uh, a houndstooth design. Nice. Go grab that. A couple big-ass things of street meats. No, she'll buy some real food with produce and... Fruits and vegetables? Yes, and head back. Well, how much would that cost, Daniel, the, like, decent meal of fresh ingredients? Are you just trying to get a meal portion, or are you trying to get, like, supplies portions? Like, a meal for the enclave. Oh, yeah, so you could probably get all that for, like, seven shins. Damn, done. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be the high-quality stuff. You'd have to go up higher for that, usually, but... Right. So Esri will enter the Enclave with all that shit. Okay, so you enter the Enclave. You can see Tibu is off in a corner, seated at a desk working on something. You're not, you can't really see from here. Yasmin is currently sitting on the edge of her bed. She's got some sort of steaming cup of something next to her, possibly a tea or something like that, maybe coffee. And she's just occasionally like rubbing her wrist where the bruises are forming from the wristband. And as you come in, the first person to notice you is Rob. Esri! Rob. Hey, guys. Good to see you. You seem to be walking better than you were, though. I'm glad the recovery is going well. Thank you. Yes. And, like, really thank you. Yeah. It, just to remember... Oh, oh, oh. He starts gagging and he... If it, yeah. Don't, don't think about it. Runs off to go throw up again. All right. So, hey, everybody. (laughs) Everybody kind of looks up from what they're doing, like expectantly, but also like Esri's making an announcement. We have some decisions to make and Esri will set the food down, set the box of money down and then open the box. The box of money. Yeah. Everybody looks at it and there's a lot of excitement in the room. Nobody like trying to ask for it in that kind of way or anything like that, but just sort of general excitement about at what looks like to be a big pile of money. Tibu is watching you thoughtfully from across the room. Here's the situation. I'm extremely wanted. 
You guys are not. The situation's in New Jersey. Oh. <laughs> I want a refund. Call back. <laughs> you guys are not. To get this money, I've committed several crimes. I want you guys to decide how you want to use this money to make yourselves a life. You want to get a place here? Do you want to get apprenticeships? Do you want to leave the city? I want you guys to decide. Just a long dead silence and a few people start like, you can tell, like, look over their shoulders a little bit just to glance back at Tivu. I'm not going to be able to follow you, at least not right away. Zidon, he can feel this like other conversation getting ready to start, but Zidon kind of wants to be very businesslike about things. Keep chime in with, uh, so how much money is that? 1,257 shins. There's a sort of chorus of whistles in the crowd. Tibu's head tilts because she knows it should be 3,000 shins far away. Oh, then she has more money than she should have. Yeah. And also we had some expenses in there, so you had to deduct it from your split of the 3,000 shins. Oh, never mind. So you're doing good. Yeah. Take that, Tibu. You have to accept her. Shit, I didn't realize it was more money. Hell yeah. Samson's frantically checking his notes. I think you're right. It was 3,000 shins split. I don't think I wrote it down because I was like, I'll remember that number. I just have to write down the plan. You wrote down the plan. I did write down the plan. We had a plan? Mm-hmm. We did have a plan. <laughs> what? Yeah. And you guys kind of stuck to it. Yeah. But that was a mild success compared to what happened later. <laughs> I'm not going to take credit for the what happened later, but... <laughs> and Tibu stands up and sort of begins walking over to you. As we're just watching her. I'm not saying I'd go anywhere or that we'd make a decision to go anywhere. But what's your plan, Esri? Why can't you follow? It might be better for most of you not to know the nature of the crimes that I've committed in case you get asked questions. Worse than murdering a magistrate? Because we remember you did that to save us all. Yes. Fine. Robbed a train. Then I robbed a bookie. A bookie? Oh my god, Tibu. You are not going to believe this. The dog show? Yeah. The Emperor was there. Senders were there. What? They gave everybody these wristbands and then decided, based on the color of your wristband, who was going to go down into the arena and fight to the death. Or a a few thousand shins. I thought about it. Wow, that's unusual. I haven't heard of anything like that since... It was before I was born. Put it that way, the last time anything like this happened. I remember hearing stories about, like, blood sports or imperial rewards or things like that but it hadn't even occurred to me that it might still be going on i don't know if it's still going on or if it's back but it was messy so anyway i guess since i'm telling the story long story short we robbed the train took a heavily guarded sarcophagus ferdinand remember i went looking for ferdinand couldn't find him okay turns out the sarcophagus was for a senator senator fellow Senator Fellow of all people, and, uh... Yeah, the one that's after you. Yeah, well, she screwed him over. Had him tied up in her basement, and, uh... So we didn't get money from the senator. So I robbed Bookie at the dog show. And also, there's an abomination that is running free in the senator's house. Because that's what was in the sarcophagus. It broke out? I mean, there's some creature in there, and then it broke out? Do we know that Magpie let it out? Do we know? Esri knows. Well, Mag- Magpie may have opened the sarcophagus. I wasn't in there. Of course. Yes, of course. And then we were going to con the senator, but that wasn't really working out. And uh, there's a lot of gambling. So I knocked out a bookie and stole their box of money. Okay. I also bought you a cloak because I'm sorry. 
she just smiles and chuckles a little bit because it is it is so Esri to have this awkward like <laughs> apology like tacked on into the rest of this other conversation. It's <laughs> like, oh, and I got you this. Thank you, Esri. And then she takes it from your hand and she's like, oh, this is this is nice. This is nice fabric. If you look at the tag, you can see that it is made of Ninth World and Prior World materials. Dry clean only. Thank you, Esri. Um, thank you for everything that you've done for us and what you've done just now. I'm a little worried that you're already writing yourself off as not a part of us, but we'll talk as a group. Okay. Also, maybe maybe we could get Keith another arm. I don't know anyone that just has arms. I mean, I, I there might be somebody in the surface city, or maybe there's somebody who can make something that would work for him. Yeah, but... Uh... I just, I'm a danger to you guys. And the heat's going to be on. So I'm just talking about laying low for a while. One corner of her lips quirks up and she says, now that would be a thing worth seeing. <laughs> I'm going to try. Magpie, where are you heading after the dog show? Good question. Oh, to kidnap Ilson's coworker. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, poor Bert. Oh, yeah. Got to remember the task list. I'm not even pretending like we have a moral compass. This up. Well, what this, is a moral uh, compass campaign? But actually, Ilson might be the closest thing we got. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless she has stumbled upon somebody more deserving in her book. It's Bertrand or whatever his name is. Okay. Where are you going to try to acquire Bertram? You know, it is the weekend, but it is sort of midday. First, check his house. You go to check his house doesn't appear to be there but you do notice that the when you're like peeking in his window let's say his apartment or rather room is in much more disarray are you stealing my fall guy daniel i don't know what you're talking about daniel how dare how dare you daniel i'm just saying his apartment looks like it's really messed up it doesn't necessarily look like somebody's tossed the place if that's what you're thinking it just looks like he was digging for something. Mm. Does he have any extra masks that we could borrow but no intent to return? He might, but probably only like one spare. The journalists don't get paid a whole lot. I know, but let's get it. Fuck that guy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so you're going to phase through the window then to go get it? Yeah. Okay. It's a backup mask. It's nothing particularly fancy, but it's an extra mask that you can have. Mm-hmm. Believe her mask, because that mask is totally casual. Don't worry, don't... There's nobody who would recognize that mask. Don't worry. <laughs> it says, like, in nail polish on the side, like, magpie inside of a heart. <laughs> <laughs> Please return to blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so, yeah, you can leave your mask there and in his backup spot and take his backup mask. Mm-hmm. She's going to do a quick search to see if she can get any clues for where he went. The satchel bag that he usually wears when he's working or going between places is gone. If she's going to go scout out Elson's work. Okay. Ilson, you are coming in to the caller mm-hmm. and you can see Mop does not appear to be in her office right now, but Bertram is sitting at his like workspace and he's clearly writing in a notebook. Okay. I think as she was coming into the caller, she was like kind of mentally prepared to like tell Mop everything that it happened mm-hmm. but seeing that she is not in her office uh she turns her attention to Bertrand and just kind of like 
plops right in front of his desk or on his desk, whichever. He looks up at you almost like a little nervously. They turn the dog show into a blood sport. Battle Royale. All of the audience members, well, most of the audience members were invited. And then the emperor showed up and announced that there would be a 4,000 Shin award to the last person standing. And then they just started killing each other. Wow. I knew it was a trap. You knew? How could you know? I had a source. What do you mean you had a source? Can't reveal who my source is, but they warned me the dog show is a trap. A trap for who? A, 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 wait, what were they trying to get? What were they trying to get? What was the point of this? That they didn't know. I was just glad I didn't pull that assignment. And not even a heads up? Not even a like, hey, it might be a trap? Not even a might? I mean, you're a journalist, Ilsen. I thought you would know better than to walk into a trap. Bertrand, <laughs> sit on the longest, rustiest pole. A complete cockass. And Elson's gonna leave. But Elson knows that the plan to make him the fall guy. You hear Bertram say after you, I love our little talks, Elson. Fuck this guy. <laughs> yeah, Elson yeah. leaves. Yeah. Elson, you leave, and as you're stepping out from across the street, you lock eyes with a magpie. <laughs> she just starts nodding like, yeah. <laughs> I, oh man. Be part of the problem. Magpie did tell Ilsen that she was going to use Bert. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we had this conversation and that the deadline was this evening. I don't know if Magpie and Ilsen ever met up at the dog. I don't think Magpie and Ilsen met up at the dog show. At one point, she did tell that Bert was the fall guy, though. Yeah, he knew that that was a consideration. Right, yeah, because that was when we were waiting for uh, Ferdinand for the money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. Now, what Ilsen would not know is that Odalai has moved up the timetable. Mm. Right. Okay. Then Magpie sees... <laughs> Ilsen kind of gets stunlocked for a second, but then nod, and then I think uh, walk over to where Magpie's hanging out. Alright, um, so you want uh, Bertrand to be the, uh, old guy? Yeah. Oh, also we need him by tonight. Well, he's in the office right now, so what are you thinking? Lure him out. Unless you want this to go down in your workplace. I can't lure Bertrand out. I... He's a fuckass. I can't go back in. Could you lure him out? Or actually, did Odalai say an exact time for when we had to, uh, bring him? It was the evening, I mean. Oh, I do know he's being blackmailed. We could try that. Okay. And what, uh, do you have something to, like, actually pin this on Bertrand? Because I don't know if it's going to be enough to just show up with a guy and be like, hey, this guy did it. Holy shit, I just realized what happened. Yeah. Bertrand's inside source was me. Fuck, I just realized that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're the one who wrote that in his <laughs> journal in, in his apartment. I'm sorry, I just realized it. I'm sorry. So it's even better. Bertram didn't really know much in advance except this cryptic note that Magpie Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. That's amazing. I just realized it. I was like, wait, I wrote that it's a trap note. Wait a second, I made this blood sport happen. <laughs> and in a way, kind of diabolical, because now Ilsen is totally on board with whatever Magpie has planned. I know, it's amazing. The one thing, Ilsen, just a reminder, Odalai did give you the impression that the Briskers occasionally feed data to a report. Actually, no, you explicitly know that they've fed data to Bertram. Okay. So does this still work in Ilsen's mind? We still we still need something that will actually like convince the Briskers that this guy did it. 
because we have the excuse that he may know something of what the briskers are doing, but we still need something a bit more concrete than that, instead of just a tenuous connection. Do you want me to break back into his house and leave another note? Sorry, what? Hmm? What do you mean, break back in? But, uh, huh? What, uh, what note would you leave? Well, we could somehow figure out the diagram of the warehouse where this item disappeared for, and he might just magically have it in his notes. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. We might magically figure out the time of the crime and write it next to the diagram in his notes. How good are you at forging uh, handwriting? How much detail do you have on this time of the crime? <laughs> I mean, she's the one who did it, so I would hope she would remember. Mm-hmm. Then again, she might be doing so much crime, she might can't remember which time it was what. Well, I think Magpie would still have enough detail to make it convincing. Because mm-hmm. I, if mm-hmm. if we can forge his handwriting, that might work. We can, like, write up a uh, bare-bones plan of how somebody would go through and break into the Brisker's warehouse. And then if we like, write that in his notebook that you can probably acquire then yeah we give him we give them Bertrand we give him the notebook with the plan quote unquote that should be good well I was just going to put a vague time period and say blind spot at whatever time was it it's like nine or so wasn't it it doesn't have to be like a full like detailed plan but the skeleton of a basic plan that uh, Bertrand could work off of that I think could convince them so I guess how would you do this? You break back into his place, find a notebook, an older notebook or something that has some blank pages. I'll try to... I don't have all the details of the place, so I don't know what to do, but I can try to come up with a draft of a plan. And then once we have the notebook, maybe you can help fill in some details if you have any ideas on that. I mean, it's not like the crime is a genius thing. We could just make it up like we did it. Okay. I don't think Bertrand has the same talents that we do, so we do need to kind of take that into account. Well, yes. It doesn't seem very capable. Useful, yes. Capable, no. Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to lure him out, yes. Okay, good job. I think we can take him when he leaves this place. So go to his apartment quick Mm. before he comes back. Okay, she's gonna go do it. Okay. You are heading back to his apartment. So Esri, the group is sort of, they're thinking about it. They've had some discussions, but they haven't reached a full conclusion yet. He was actually trying to sketch out options for different like goals, how it could possibly be distributed. But other than that, things have, you know, quieted down. There's no major activity happening in the Enclave right now. Esri will find a concealed place for the money box. Mm-hmm. You know what? Esri's tier two now. Esri gets a level two follower. Mm-hmm. I I know we've discussed a couple options leading towards a nano. Okay, you have to find a nano and befriend them, but you could do that as part of this. So she's going to find a nano and befriend them right now. What could be fun, just a thought, Yasmin has the nano gloves, so she could be the level two follower nano. But she doesn't understand Numenera. True, but I don't know, maybe the nano gloves can kind of give her some understanding. She's also been training. We don't know what she does besides jump around on the stairs. It was just a thought, just to because Yasmin's already been falling. No, I had, that was the other option that I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. I think she would be like a climbing and stealth sort of. Yeah. We were also going to discuss options for what the followers look like in our game. So where would uh, someone find Nano? There was Reek on tier four that was looking at the uh, implant he'll send. At. Reek? Name was Reek, yeah. Ezri's going to look through the wanted posters that are posted and see if any of them are Nano. <laughs> Preferably crimes against the man. 
Yes, I would specifically like to find a revolutionary nano. You don't necessarily see any revolutionary nanos, but you do see one for the dark wizard Niva. <laughs> I spell it. N-I-V-A. What's the dark wizard been up to? <laughs> Wanted for industrial espionage and sabotaging of a shipping vessel. Yeah, Esri will take the wanted poster. Does it say anything else? I mean, there must be a a description or a picture, but, like, does it... uh... It's a drawing, of course, so it's both vague and sort of detailed in spots, but it shows sort of like a almost pinched rat-like face of a man underneath a cloak. There is what looks to be in the drawing, some sort of scarring across the left part of his chin. Does it have like a known whereabouts or anything on it? No, it doesn't have it there, but you could ask around from people in the area to see if they've heard anything about him. Now Ezri will go find Reek. Okay, so you go find Reek. Reek is in this shop. People are bringing him human era things, and he is, you can see he is reviewing them, identifying them for a fee, or buying and selling bits of Numenera. Ezreal will wait till the shop clears out, or whatever, and she'll walk up to Reek. Okay. He looks up at you. He's like, how can I help you? Just, uh... And Ezreal will try to, like, be casual. She'll, like, lean down the counter. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering, what do you think of the dark wizard Nibba? He chuckles for a moment. From what I understand, he's a bit of a... on the dramatic side. Oh, well... Seems like it. Industrial espionage and whatever he did to that shipping vessel. Those are pretty dramatic crimes. As he says. Yeah. Well, Reek doesn't know. <laughs> and he's also probably not been in the city as long, so he hasn't necessarily like, memorized that people are looking for Ezri Stonebreaker, or if they, if he knows he's not particularly interested. He's got a flair for the dramatic. It's a little irresponsible for him to continue having people call him a wizard considering that he knows as well as I do, or the rest of us do, that it's just applied sciences. (laughs) But relatively talented, a little scatterbrained. I am interested in working with him. Well, that's going to be tricky. Why? He's currently awaiting trial. Wait, he got caught? Oh, yeah. He got caught? Yeah, he got caught two weeks ago. (sighs) How'd it go down? Let's just say he was in an altered state. In the wrong bar. And really get tagged at any time. Mm-hmm. It's really, uh, really can put somebody on edge, you know? Um, yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah. But, you know, some people love to take dumb risks and get themselves into trouble like that. Not like us, right? That's right. <laughs> Although I'll never admit it. No, anywhere else. Do you know where he's being held prior? They initially caught him somewhere on Tier 4. And they were holding him at one of, like, the Warren's locations. But if he's going for trial, I assume he's being held on the surface city somewhere. Oh, right. That is where the trials are. Ezra remembers from her own trial. (laughs) Great. Well, hear anything about anything. It wasn't me. Okay, that's an odd way of saying goodbye. Not suspicious at all. Thanks for the information. You're quite welcome. Okay. I guess Ezra will end this very awkward conversation and leave. Okay. And she is going to go to the most likely trial holding spot. And she's going to watch it for a while. Okay. You head back up to the surface city. Makeup, mask, raw dog. Raw dog, raw dog. 
makeup under mask. Or you know what? No mask. I almost feel like... Like, would Ezra be more or less recognizable with a mask on? I feel like a mask is so generic. People will be like, yep, that's an Esri-shaped person right there. <laughs> yeah, this is the problem. Esri has an Esri shape, so... She's going to go no mask, makeup. Okay. You go up to the surface city and you're watching this trail house. I am going to need you to make some sort of stealth check. Okay. Because there's definitely going to be cops around the courthouses. As a resident of the city, you would know like which courthouse for his situation he would probably be at. Yeah, do they have a posted schedule of trials? Yeah, I think there would be. Okay. So yes, you will s- casually and stealthily read the schedule of trials and look for the dark wizard Nibba. The stealthy part of this is going to be not people recognizing that you're an Ezri-shaped person or looking at you too closely. Yeah. Ezri tries to, like, hunch in a little bit, you know? <laughs> What'll it be? Well, it's going to be tighter security at the courthouse no matter what. You don't dress really like... I mean, you've got the uniform, but you also... There's a lot of patched-together stuff, too. In this area, I think it's a 12. Okay. A failure does not mean they immediately recognize you as Esri. A failure here will draw their attention, and a further check may determine if they figure out who you are. I'll spend one level of speed effort to make it a 9. Come on, big money! 18. Okay. None of them pay any mind as you go up and look at the schedule. The schedule is primarily just for the day, but you do see that there is a note about tomorrow morning's trials as well. Like at least the early ones that are already kind of locked in as far as what they're going to be. And trials don't usually take that long because it's not like there's a full presentation of (laughs) evidence or anything like that. Unless somebody can afford to hire somebody for their defense, which is unlikely. Right. Tomorrow morning, like the first trial at the equivalent of nine o'clock is the Dark Wizard. Never. Never, 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 ever. I guess with that handy piece of information, she'll watch prisoner transfers to and from the courthouse for a while. Okay. See how they do it now. Okay. Give me another stealth roll of, you're staking it out, so I'm going to need a 12. Okay, I'll spend another level of speed effort. Oh, I can spend more than one level of effort now. Holy, (laughs) holy shit. So I'm going to do two. Dang it, I forgot that multiple efforts is hard math. All right. Eight. Okay. So nobody seems to pay attention to you during your stakeout, where you're just doing exactly the right thing in terms of like where you're moving to, what like direction you just happen to be turning, pretending you're actually leaving when you're not, whatever that is. And so they don't notice any of that as you're watching where prisoners are going. Today in this trial, you can see they all seem to be coming from one direction. And that's an area where you haven't been in that one, but you know there are, like, prison cells at. Are they bringing them in through the front or a back door or...? The prisoners go in at the back. So Esri will watch this until she she sees, you know, the consistencies where the guards stand around the prisoner, all that jazz, types of restraints. And then I just realized Esri needs to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to do... She's going to do that. And she'll get up, uh, okay. you know, in the morning and, and go to the go to the trial. You're going to go to the trial, not see if you can break him out before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So, Esri, you are heading back down the Warrens to the Enclave, because I assume that's where you're going to sleep. Yep. As you are walking onto your aid, you hear somebody scream, and they come running out of 
one corner between two buildings, like not really an alley. It's not as organized as that. Somebody's been murdered. What? Where? Who? They just point back in the direction of that corner. I'm going to insight the shit out of this fucking person. Okay, so it's a six. Okay, she's trained in all social interactions. Yay. Mm-hmm. Nine. They're just scared. They're freaked out. Okay, as we will cautiously approach the murder scene. Okay, you go and you see somebody who's, their body's just really cut up. Deep gouges, uh, like, digging across it. like, And the gouges are so deep, it's almost like whatever the knives were, were like, cutting straight through bone, like butter. The whole bottom half of their head has been torn off of them. So it's just like the bottom of a jaw that has been torn away from them. So it's just open underneath their mouth. And that's all that's left of this body that's wearing the colors of the briskers. And that's where we're in this episode. Brisker? I refuse to take any consequences for my actions. Thank you very much. What did you do, Alex? Stop paying attention for 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just outed yourself right, right on the podcast. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure you guys know. I'm assuming this is going back to sarcophagus. I was thinking it was a sarcophagus monster, but then it was also a brisker. And I was like, what, what has Alex done? <laughs> so many things. There are so many consequences from my actions just floating around this city. It's not even funny. Well, it's a little funny. Do you feel like the consequences are a little bit, like, unfair? A little too realistic? I feel like they're not realistic enough. (laughs) Don't say that. Stop. (laughs) We'll find out if they're realistic after we try this kidnapping. Oh, boy. That was going to be great. And Esri's sleeping. Our muscle is sleeping. Yeah. He's trying to go to bed. Nobody's asked Esri to help with the kidnapping. I know. This is amazing. I mean, if you guys somehow survive the next 28 hours... Like, it's going to be amazing. Well, hold on. Let's... You will have uh, been able to wrap up quite a few plot threads in the short term. I know. It's beautiful. Hopefully with our kind and gentle GM, that won't be a problem. So patient <laughs> and dedicated. Yeah. And forgiving and generous <laughs> and fiscally responsible. <laughs> Stace, something about this episode. Ooh, man. I mean, I gotta say, I do love that Esri managed to bring home an offering of 1,200 plus shins mm-hmm. and a cloak to Tibu. Not sleeping on the couch. Yeah, all this shit that's going on, and Esri's biggest concern is that Tibu's mad at her. So, <laughs> that was cool. And I also, I, I, I do have to comment that our shenanigans are nonstop and slightly out of control. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. Yep. But you are complicit, so. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. We're going to make Samson more complicit, so it's fine. Oh, I think Samson's complicit. Yeah. Samson might have an issue. Okay, Samson's not complicit. I was writing stuff down, so I'm not quite sure what we're talking oh, about. Oh, <laughs> you just looked up with no expression on your face, and I was like, I think no, it's that's, that's me trying to figure out what we're doing with context clues, but I have no idea what we're talking about. We're making you complicit in this shenanigans. We're saying that maybe Samson is complicit, but Ilson is not. Uh... But Ilson also definitely is. Well, no, Ilson has to be complicit because Ilson is part of this kidnapping. Yeah, no, Ilson's going to be complicit in taking out Bertrand because he he was mean to her and I didn't like that. Really should have warned her about that trap. It's not uh, it's not cool. Where's yeah, professional like, courtesy? Seriously, like we don't have to be friends, but we don't have to be bad co-workers. He wants to knock off a rival? Well, he should write better game. then. Yeah, I mean, now Ilson doesn't know this, but in game time, <laughs> I don't think 
Bertram has seen Ilsen since yeah. Magpie wrote yeah. The Dog Show is a Trap yeah. in his notebook, but he is trying to look superior. I have sourced my mad midnight journal ram ramblings. <laughs> yeah. Do you see the source now? <laughs> is the source in the room with us? Well, now the source is going to be in the room. The source is going to... Yeah. <laughs> it's going to suck for them when they find their source again. It is funny what you mentioned, Stace, about the shenanigans being nonstop, because I'm honestly like, some consequences start trying to come to a head, and then you guys immediately like <laughs> make more. go another brew, and I'm not sure which of the major consequences that you guys have coming is actually going to clock first. Listen, mm. it's the monster on tier eight. Oh, this fucking monster. I mean, I can make more actions for consequences. I think the pace that, that you're keeping is, is good. And you know what? At the end of the day, if you can't decide, just have it all happen at once. It feels like that's where it's heading towards. I thought the monster was going to bust in during the dog show, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to start getting... We're going to have to cut bait at some point. I was waiting for the resolution of Odalize, like, um, Leather Daddy and the bodyguards. <laughs> the bodyguards looked pretty outmatched by this, if it came down to it. So. Yeah, I'm I'm assuming the Leather Daddy's going to win. Mm-hmm. Which might get fellows involved with the briskers, in a way. Those are, fellow, those are fellows guards. This is the fun part, but we're, like, constantly bringing in more superior Leather Daddies. Are we? Well, the, the, there was Esri, and now there's this brisker, and now there's the sarcophagus. The like we keep trumping, like adding on layers of leather daddies. We have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener in XP, to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners in XP to check out? I would offer our listeners an XP to check out Delicious in Dungeon on Netflix. Alex and Samson, feel free to translate this into genre words after if you want. Okay, so this is an anime. It's a fantasy style anime about a group of adventurers led by night who, you know, are, are delve into this dungeon. So this dungeon is like a, a city, an ancient city that got buried underground. And then one day a fissure opened it up in some catacombs and then suddenly people had access to it. And so like tons of adventurers go to this dungeon they try to get to lower and lower and lower levels because the legend is, is if you like finally defeat the dungeon, you get to become the ruler of the city. So I'm going to do some spoilers for the first episode. So the adventuring party is deep in the dungeon. They're fighting a red dragon very confidently. The main character, Leos, he's a knight, gets distracted by thoughts of how hungry they all are and how it's affecting their performance. And then unfortunately, they get their asses kicked and his sister gets eaten by the dragon. So, but she casts a spell to cast them out of the dungeon as she's being swallowed. A funny, a funny thing about this anime that I like is that they just talk about how many times they've died. They're like, and that was the first time that I died. That was, a, you know, whatever. <laughs> so the plan is they got to get back in there and get her out of the dungeon or out of the dragon so that they can resurrect her. But they have no money with them, no food, no nothing. So Leos decides, hey, you know what I've always wanted? To eat monsters. So we're just going to eat the monsters. Gets the crew sort of halfway on board because they're all very hungry, but there's a lot of resistance. Gets down into the dungeon, kills a scorpion and a mushroom creature, goes to the common area to cook it. And out of nowhere, Sinchi the dwarf pops up and is like, you want to know how to cook monsters? (laughs) (laughs) 
And then, so uh, that's like the first dish that is created in the show. And it is like a cooking show or like a cooking like YouTube where they're like, and we slice it like this. And then, you know, whatever, all of that. And then once the recipe is finished, there's like an illustration that pops up on the screen that's got like the recipe name and it's like all plated. And then it shows them eating it. Oh, and uh, it's actually like they kill monsters. They're adventuring through the dungeon. But the point is, they're like, we're hungry. We got to eat. There are some fights where they do need to fight something to get through a room or something like that. Then afterwards, their first question or Leo's first question is, can we eat it? <laughs> and they find some very creative ways to cook the items as well inside of the dungeon. So there's like probably like two or three meals every episode. There's four episodes out right now. It's weekly release. And it was just one. I was really hungry at the end, even though they were talking about eating like uh, basilisks and shit or like these weird mollusks. When you get to the mollusks, you'll know why they're weird. It's like it's a little disturbing on one level, but then it all looks so good. So it's it's kind of lighthearted, although there are like some like a little bit of seriousness. But what I really like is how much detail they put into the monsters, like anatomically. Mm-hmm. They talk about like where their organs are located and which parts are the best to eat and how best to prepare them and, you know, exactly how they function in terms of, you know, procreation or sustaining themselves or whatever and it's not just animals type monsters it's like plant type monsters and stuff like that so i had a great time i definitely watched all four episodes in a row and it was very sad when i realized it was a weekly release Oof. so check it out let me know what you think samson feel free to put it in genre words if you want to fantasy anime but leans closer to like slice of life despite like someone's sister getting eaten it's just kind of a chill vibe watch it for the food porn yeah you mostly watch it for the food porn right yeah, it's a very niche subgenre that's growing rapidly where all problems are solved by like some sort of food dish or beverage. This sounds like a better version of the ones I've encountered. Like, remember that rant I went on about the tea one where she essentially ruined the economy and didn't give a shit? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that, but better. Yeah, it really does seem like they're focusing a lot on the food. When their sisters digest, or his sisters digesting, but you know, dragons digest very slowly, so it's all good. How much is a resurrection spell? Ten dollars? How much could it possibly be? <laughs> yeah, so yeah, check it out. Since the discontinuation of the dollar menu, you gotta get food where you can. Man, dollar menu got me through college. Well, if people wanted to tell us what they think of Delicious in Dungeon, how would they do that, Samson? Well, they can find all our various socials on our website, explorerswanted.fm. On Mastodon, we are at Explorers Wanted at Dice.Camp. On Blue Sky, we are at ExplorersWanted.fm. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Explorers Wanted Podcast. But the best place to talk to us about TV shows and books and video games and plants. We have a sh- channel for plants in our Discord. ExplorersWanted.fm slash Discord will bring you there. Also, if you're feeling generous and it is within your means, Patreon.com slash Explorers Wanted is a great place to support us. And please use our Dicephilia code with iHeartDice. Wanted at checkout, get 10% off your order. And if you can't financially support us, we totally understand. The best thing that you could do for us is to talk to your friends, tell them about the show, tell them which parts you like, why they should listen to it. That's how podcasts really grow. The second best thing you could do for us is to leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. It means a lot to us and it also helps people discover us. And if you didn't like the podcast, or if you just thought it was a math, well, tonight, when you hear those shuffling steps in the hallway, slowly getting closer in the dark, try to relax. It's only her. 
with her barbed tongue and honey-sticky red hands. She wants to touch you with her tacky fingers and taste your soon-to-be-lacerated skin. Ooh. Yes, it will be unpleasant, but it is necessary. And let me be clear, the chance to get away was ten minutes ago. You see, she has your scent now, and soon the sound of her questing snuffles will be the only thing you can hear, at least until the screaming starts. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlich, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You find me on our Discord. I'm Cease Windu. I've had Tinder dates like that. I'm at Slam Potato on Twitter and Blue Sky and at Slam Potato at Dice.Camp on Macedon. We had to talk about washing our hands, didn't we? I mean, <laughs> this is what I mean. And usually the only snuffling I hear in the middle of the night is... The throat code himself, my dog Max. I'm T with the Unicorn on Twitch, Instagram, and Threads. Yes. All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. bye. bye.